everyone, you're listening to The Rise Project. My name is Ivan Temelkov, and I'm your host. On this podcast, we discuss entrepreneurship, personal development, family tech, and marketing. And as always, it's 100% real, raw, and unfiltered. Today, I have another special guest on the podcast. And as you know, when I have podcasts, it's usually rock stars. And today's guest is uh, no exception to that. Uh, Mike Sherrard took two degrees in three years, accomplished as despite every professor saying it was impossible and has never been done before. Recognized as one of the top employees of 60,000 in his first year in engineering. He quit two weeks later to get into real estate in one of the worst markets in North America, currently amidst a five-year ongoing recession. Featured on one of the top podcasts and YouTube channels in real estate after four months of being a licensed realtor, uh, became a top producer within 10 months of being a licensed agent. Went from not having Instagram to being recognized as top 30 realtor on social media in the world after 10 months as well. Tripled business in second year as a licensed agent, solo using social media and personal branding. Now gets flown to different real estate offices across North America to speak about leveraging social media and real estate. And is launching a new company that does content repurposing and video production marketing for entrepreneurs and realtors. What's up, Mike? Welcome to the show. Hey, man. Thanks so much. I'm excited to be here and, and uh, chat the raw and unfiltered way, the way it should be. Exactly, man. That's the only fucking way is to chat is unfiltered because anything that is scripted is not unfiltered. Um, so let's, you know, that's, that's a very powerful bio, you know, and actually this is the first time that I got a chance to actually read your full bio. Uh, let's, let's go a few, few years back and talk a little bit about, you know, how did you get started into this? I mean, you were in school and then got a couple of degrees and all that, you know, let's, let's kind of start from, from the beginning a little bit and kind of tell a little bit about the story behind Mike arriving at where you are today. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, I always set out on the path that was similar to those in my family. You know, everybody in my family has been an engineer and I thought growing up my whole life, the the projectile for me was to join the corporate world as an engineer, climb the ladder, hope that, uh, you know, I might become a manager one day and, and all is said and done. And in my first two years of engineering, I was at one university. And when you grad, when you finish at that university, you have to go on to a bigger one in order to finish your final two years. But the problem is, is that I chose to go to a separate university to finish those last two years. And when I showed up in my third year of university, they looked at me and said, because we don't know what was taught at the previous school, none of your tr credits are transferring. So I was basically a third year university student after doing two years of the hardest program in Eastern Canada, and they're telling me that those two years are being thrown out the window and I have to start from day one again. So I didn't want to push it to another four or five years of my degrees and decided to do two degrees actually in three years, despite every professor saying it was literally impossible to fucking do. And uh, it's never been done in the history of any university in the East Coast. Uh, but I was determined. I was driven to get it done. And we managed to, to wrap it up and and pass through it. But, you know, I started as an engineer and did quite well there. You know, as you alluded to, I got recognized as one of the top uh, engineers of 60,000 in my first year. And when you get recognized as a young talent, they sit you down with the managers and say, hey, Mike, where would you like to go in the company? We want to fast track you to get there. And I said, because I like dealing with people and I like the opportunity of putting in the work and being compensated accordingly, that I wanted to get into oil and gas sales. And when I said that, they said, no problem. Usually that takes 11 years. We'll get you there in seven years of technical work. And I quit two days later. So 
around that same time, I was buying a property of mine, kind of realized that the agents here weren't doing anything really special. Nobody was leveraging technology. I wanted to learn marketing, branding, and sales. And I simply got into real estate. Um, you know, a lot of agents in Canada or a lot of entrepreneurs in Canada are very much behind the times of what entrepreneurs and agents are doing in the US. So I started watching YouTube videos, seeing what hustlers were doing down in LA and Dallas, places like that. And I realized that everybody was going hard on social media, which I didn't even have for myself. And then when I downloaded Instagram, I, I again made it a priority in my business to leverage Instagram for branding, Facebook ads for lead generation, and it quickly allowed me to become a top producer. But I blended that with door knocking. So I did a lot of shit work for my first year. The first day that I had my real estate license, I went out in minus five in the snow, in the dark, door knocking until I couldn't feel my hands anymore. And I got two listings at 700,000 the first day I had my real estate license. So I was door knocking for three hours a day, regardless of weather, every single day for the first six months. And that in combination with social media is what allowed me to catapult my real estate business into becoming quite a successful young agent quite quickly. Very cool. Very cool. So did you, did you always have in mind real estate uh, when you were, cause I mean, you started out as, a, as an engineer, right? So that was like completely different. Like did, how did you, did you, did you have any interest going into real estate or you were just kind of like, Hey, you know, the real estate space is something cool. So Hey, why not fucking try it? Yeah. So I was always interested because of, books like Rich Dad, Poor Dad, I was always interested mm -hmm. in real estate investing. I never in a million years thought I'd be a realtor. I fucking hated realtors growing up. Um, you know, there's still a bunch that aren't so good. But at the end of the day, I realized that, you know, it was ripe for disruption. And there was an opportunity. And when I see an opportunity, the problem with me when I was an engineer is I was helping a couple other startups. And I heard the quote, the man that chases two rabbits catches none. And that defined me to a T. I was an engineer. I was, I was, you know, on the board of three very small startups locally. And I was being extremely mediocre at a lot of things. And I wasn't being great at anything. So I realized that if I could look at a, an industry that needed disruption and I could channel my efforts into one sole purpose, that I could dominate it. And that's exactly what I decided to do. So I needed something to focus on. It looked like a great opportunity, not for disruption as well, but also to hone in my own skills in terms of marketing, branding, and sales. And so it's kind of an alignment that just seemed right at the time. I see. Well, where I was going with that question really is this that purpose, you know, well, what's that purpose? You know, I think <clears throat> obviously both of us are entrepreneurs and, you know, one of the, one of the most pushing questions is, what is your purpose? Why are you doing what you're doing? Right. And I always ask this question, you know, because I'm curious as to like where people's heads are. I mean, a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, uh, take, take interest to something. Um, I, I've also seen a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, kind of have a very heartfelt approach to what they're doing. You know, there's a lot of people out there that are starting businesses because they want to solve uh, global problems, whether it's with a product or a service or like a nonprofit, you know, that, that has a huge void um, in the business marketplace. But most importantly, really, it's genuinely helping people, you know. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I was asking, you know, like, how did you embark on the real estate space, right? Because, you know, and, and there's really no right or wrong answer by any means, just really out of curiosity, like, how did you get gravitated towards it? And so how long ago was that? you know, approximately before like you kind of, you know, okay, 
I'm going to do the real estate thing. How long ago was that? Yeah. So I started in April 1st of 2017. And, you know, around that time, I actually didn't know my purpose. And that was one of the reasons why I got into real estate, because I knew that I was interested in marketing, branding, sales, but I didn't know how to channel that into a purpose that I deeply believed in. So I kind of used real estate in my experience in this industry to find my true purpose once I realized what I do like, what I don't like, where the opportunities are and what resonates closest with my mission. So that's ultimately what spawned the idea and the motive uh, behind the movement that we're creating with our new business is, you know, after two and a half years in real estate and being able to do real estate in a way that I essentially became a client magnet through real estate, through social media. 75% of my business last year came directly from people gravitating towards my business and my brand through social media, which gave me a lifestyle that I wanted. And I realized that now that's my purpose. Now that's my mission is I want to help other people do it the same. I see so many people that get into real estate or any entrepreneurial business and they want to, they get into it because they want to achieve a lifestyle. They want to go golfing in the summer. They want to spend their evenings with their kids. They want to go on vacation with their family, but they don't carry out and execute their business in a way that allows them to achieve that. So I was able to prove that myself. And now we have an opportunity and I have an opportunity to help others achieve that. So ultimately now I'm you know, blessed to say that I've found my mission and my purpose, but leading up to the first couple of years, I was simply in that search mode where I just simply didn't know. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, I think there's, I'm going to be honest with you is just that, you know, over the last 25 years, seeing a lot of that is search mode. You know, I even, some, some former bosses of mine through the agency world when I was in there is just that honestly, I don't even, I'm, I don't even think that they have a real purpose. You know, I mean, they're running 15, $20 million content marketing agencies and that's great. You know, you're working with some of the biggest brands in the world, you know, but at the end of the day is just that, and that, that's why I asked this question behind purpose, right? And reason is because if you get up every day, what's, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Well, hopefully it's gratitude, right? You're grateful that, that you're alive because if you're not alive, you can't do shit. Literally, you can't do shit. And I think society fails to recognize that, that gratitude is probably the number one thing. But beyond that is this, why in the fuck are you going to go answer your email or your text messages from clients? Like what's the drive behind it, right? What winds you? You know, like for me, it always has been family. I mean, that's just me. That has been, you know, my kids, my wife, that that's really the purpose behind everything to be able to achieve that ultimate state of happiness. And everyone has their own version of happiness, right? I mean, you know, people think happiness, maybe, you know, I, I got a big house or I've got an expensive car or, you know, my, my checking account is fat or happiness is maybe just to have ultimate freedom which freedom really isn't free because let's face it, you got to work your fucking ass off to get freedom. I mean, to be free, like, you know, both of us in our arte and to be someone like an Ed Milet or Andy Frazella where, you know what, today I'm just going to drive out and I'm going to sit on this fucking bench and I'm going to sit there for half a day because everything else around my world is positioned in a way that it's semi-automated, right? I mean, you're still doing stuff, but you can afford that flexibility to do things that truly feel like you have ultimate freedom, right? Let's face it. The day and age that we live in is that that costs a lot of time. That costs a lot of money. That costs a lot of resources, right? To accomplish that. And so again, you know, it's, it's great to hear that you have a driving force, 
that you're wanting to help realtors because uh, as we we're chatting prior to hopping on the podcast, you know, I'll be honest with you is all the realtors that I know, they're still living in, in fucking 1945. If you ask me, you know, I think they've diversified and, and if they, they've digitized into this digital world, but at the end of the day is this ultimately how you, how you do things. I mean, you know, guys like Gary Vaynerchuk have really amped the whole, Oh, it's the fucking execution. Right. But, but it is, it really is. Is at the end of the day is how you do something right? That differentiates you. So how do you approach, you know, the whole execution aspect with realtors? Like when you try to align with other realtors and say, well, I can help you do X, Y, Z. Like, oh, well, great, Mike. Yeah. So like, how do you, how do you approach that in telling them where well, here's what I can do for you and how it's going to help you? You know, the, the best part about that question is the fact that I've proven it. So the fact that I'm not speaking based on theory, I'm based, I'm speaking based on what I've actually achieved. So, you know, I got ranked top 30 realtor in the world on social media after 10 months, I've generated 75% of my business from social media. So I can show with proof and statistics and numbers exactly what I've achieved. So it's not trying to pitch a vision to them. It's showing them the results that it has actually been achieved. We worked with a realtor last year in Toronto, one of the most competitive markets in all of North America. And he did $250,000 in his first year, 50 deals, 90% of them came from YouTube. So we've helped other people achieve astronomical results to the point where now when people speak to me, they come to me for a reason. I don't have to go cold call realtors and say, hey, check out this style of marketing. It works. People come to me because they see what we're doing. They see what we're doing for other people. And they've already made the decision themselves that they want this. So we don't even have to convince them of the importance of it. They just want to know how they need to get started. So it's at a point now where I was sick of trying to pitch people that social media works. I was sick of trying to pitch to people that you need to build your personal brand. So I basically said, fuck it. I'm going to build my own. I'm going to leverage social and I'll prove to all of you that it works. And now that I've done that, basically the conversation's that much easier because they've seen it rise and they've seen how quickly you can build a scalable, profitable business if you actually execute. Yeah. Absolutely. That's a really good point, you know, because especially since you mentioned about social media, I mean, let's face it, you know, social media is more saturated than ever. And, you know, on one side, I think that social media is still in an infancy stage, but then it really isn't, you know. Um, so while it's saturated, it's also easier to stand out because if you're unique, if you're more disruptive, you know, people are going to pay. So forget the fucking algorithms for a second. You know, just put out shit that people are going to gravitate towards, you know, that people are going to listen to something that's going to build character, personality, something that's going to help solve problems. Right. And I think that's really applicable to any industry, not just real estate, not automotive, not healthcare, really any industry across the, the board. The problem with social media is that, you know, and we're seeing this with a lot of fortune companies that are slowly falling because they're either caught up, you know, in the funk of social media because everybody has pitched them the vanity metrics and that's all they're literally living by. Like how many views or how many comments or how many likes or how many shares. And it's like, forget about all that. You still got to have context <clears throat> at the end of the day, because if you don't have context, then, I mean, that's why people buy. I mean, they buy on the emotional engagement. How are you going to create that emotional engagement? And that's the beauty about kind of what we talked about social video. So, it, so on one side, social is saturated because everybody's doing the same fucking shit. 
But on the flip side is you can be the 1% and do things differently by having more context, more value, and being more personable in the way that you connect with your audience. And you do that long enough and be consistent enough. And that's what you have to do because the 99% of people are doing the same other shit, right? Okay. And that's where... Everybody, everybody thinks they, you know, going back to what you said, vanity metrics, everybody thinks you need this massive following to get incredible results. I, when I got ranked top 30 realtor in the world on social media, I was number 27 on the list of a hundred. Number one to 22 was the cast a million dollar listing. I had just shy of 4,000 followers. And the way that I reached out to the company, I said, how did you create this list? Why am I on here? And they said, we're looking for your impact and influence, not your following. So what people need to understand is I was generating leads left, right, and center when I had 1,000 followers, 2,000 followers. So you can create a lot of impact. You can drive a lot of attention in business. Like you said, if everybody's zigging and you zag, everybody was turning their Instagram feed into a homes and land magazine that was just fucking photos of listings everywhere. And I was showing my true personality, the wins, the losses, the struggles, the, the objections, you know, door knocking, doing all of the shit work, but also doing all the amazing stuff for my clients, highlighting the, the wine and charcuterie nights on possession day and everything that I did. I showed them me what it was like to work with me. And that's why I generated so much business is because I gave them the real inside scoop as to what my business is like and what it's like to work with me. You don't need a big following. You don't need thousands of likes, 10,000 followers. All you need to do is to be different and to build the like, know, and trust factor with your audience. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you hit the nail on the head with that. You know, it's, I, I think that's where just seeing the evolution of social, let's say last 10 years specifically, I mean, that, that, that has been the constant uh, is vanity metrics. That's how a lot of companies have operated is based on vanity metrics is because the data sells, right? It's, it's, a, it's a tangible proof. It's a tangible result. Like you were saying is that, you know, you, you did your own thing, then you build your own social, and then you, you, you basically took a concept and create a proof now that you're selling. But the biggest thing is just that, you know, at least from what I was understanding is just that you were never selling the vanity metrics. You were talking about the influence and engagement. It was actually interesting that you mentioned that um, that list that you were recognized that they weren't looking at your followers, you know, they were looking at influence, the impact that you were creating. And I think that is one side of social media because let's face it, you know, everybody can snap a photo on Instagram and become fucking IG famous, right? That's easy, right? But what's hard is can you actually prove that? Because I will tell you this is I even had a post that I pushed out recently is that in the hundreds and hundreds of people that I met in 2019, whether it was face-to-face -face or in person, a very small percentage of, the, of those people in reality were who they said they were online. So it really kind of pushes the, the, the question behind, why would you want to create misconceptions in social media? Because at the end of the day, the only person you're lying to is yourself, right? To create a misbelief, right? To, to, uh, to mislead people. And I think that's what a lot of people are doing. I mean, you're very active on Instagram. You're very active on, on YouTube also. And I'm sure you see that all day long on what people are trying to fabricate, you know, to make themselves look better. In fact, um, speaking on YouTube, I was actually um, 
was looking at some t- stats on like the top 10 YouTubers in the world. And I always thought like PewDiePie was like up there. It was like number one or number two, but he ranks like number five. I can't remember who was like number one that like reels in, reels in like some crazy ass amount of money, like the most follow YouTuber. I'm trying to remember, remember who it was. And amongst those are some kids, like eight year olds that are like, uh, like my son watches um, uh, a kid by the name of Ryan's Toys. Ryan, yeah. Ryan, this kid reels in like a cool 20 million per year from YouTube. From YouTube alone, I just found out recently, well, I found out recently, it's probably not recent, it's been out, is that he's got a whole toy line in Walmart called yeah. Ryan's Toys. And like, I'm like, who the hell is this Ryan kid? But how all of this started, again, goes back to what you just said, is literally mom and dad turned on the camera and were videotaping their kid as he was playing with toys and the the type of vibe that he created the interaction is what resonated with the rest of the world and that really kind of created the snowball effect beyond like you know the toy production line and all the different deals and opportunities so again going back to what you were saying about realtors right is this is, is it correct to say that contextual value influence is the biggest thing that you kind of you kind of suggest to people yeah i think at the end of the day it's all about becoming a lighthouse right you've heard ed Milet talk about it people like that where every day you know the majority of realtors are like a tugboat where they put on their suit every day they go out to sea they try and bring back new clients to shore and then the next day they put on their suit go out to sea try and bring new clients back to shore And it's an exhaustive effort that will always leave you trapped in the rat race. But the way that I like to help realtors scale their business is not by being a tugboat, but by being a lighthouse. And if you are shining bright enough that all of the clients and tugboats are attracted to you, you no longer have to constantly go out and search for new people. You can build a predictable, scalable, profitable business just by going about building your brand and your influence in a way that allows you to stay and become top of mind. So that's, I think, the more modern way of doing it so that you're not competing with the new technology that's coming in, disrupting the industry. You're not competing with Joe Blow over here that has all the bus benches. You are able to build yourself into a business. Yeah, that's a really good point. Uh, so you, a couple of things, you said technology. I think there's this huge misbelief is that the technology is uh, the end all right, that it's uh, the ultimate solution, uh, which I, I think, especially in the real estate industry, it sounds like a lot of real estate agents are misconstrued that, hey, you know, if I got the latest iPhone or the latest app or whatever, that, you know, I can create influence, which leads me to the next question I wanted to ask you is, is what are your thoughts on the way real estate agents are cultivating communities nowadays with this digital age? Yeah, in terms of marketing and things like that, well, just in general, because I mean, I'm going to be honest with you is this, I see very little real estate agents that are like really genuinely trying to spark interest by, by getting to know people, you mm-hmm. know, on a personal level. Like, um, you know, I just remember a couple of years ago when I, when I sold my condo, the reason I chose to go with, uh, well, we went with a person who worked with a family member of ours years ago. And we chose her is because she was very personable. You know, she just, you know, she had a character, she had a personality, you know, she would come in and she would spark, you know, conversations, you know, she would text, you know, she was very communicative, you know, but like, I don't see a lot of that, you know, in 
uh, I don't see a lot of that with um, real estate agents. You know, I, I feel like they're, it's like that the personal element is missing. So that's why I want to ask your thoughts on it because, you know, and, and see what suggestions, you know, would you give, I guess, to real estate agents? Yeah, well, that's, you know, that's one of the problems with technology is that it's removing the human interaction from it. And, you know, one of my mentors, Gerard Adams was saying, you know, the new, the new online is offline. So it's always been so trendy and relevant and important to have an online presence. But now in a time where that is, again, so saturated and so overused, that the ones that are winning are going offline, building the connections in person and establishing long relationships with people that can be mutually beneficial. And I think you need to find a fine balance between, you know, even now all of our signatures for, for our documents are online. Like there's almost, I know agents who for listing presentations won't even show up to the house. They just called like, so there's people are becoming too removed from that. So if you find a way to establish in-person relationships, but then scale that by leveraging social media, that's when you're going to win. You can't completely cut one out or the other. And I find that's what agents are either doing is they're either going all in person and they're not finding a way to scale their business and, and use leverage, or they're going all online and social and they're forgetting that you're actually working with real human beings with emotions. And you need to find that happy medium, which again, a lot of people are struggling with in today's day and age. Yeah, that's, you're absolutely right. I think the personal element is something that always has to be there, you know, regardless of what industry you're in, you know, it's, it's people, people like to get to know you. And I know that, you know, for instance, with this digital age that I am, like right now we're doing this interview via zoom, right. Um, via video. So I, I think, a lot of people misconstrue the fact that, you know, this is an alternative, but it's not a replacement for the actual face-to-face -face interaction because there's just something about the mantra behind, you know, shaking someone's hand or, you know, looking someone straight in their eyes, you know, when you like meet them in person, right? It just kind of sets the tone behind everything. And that's an ideal scenario, but I think that like you were saying is just that I think with technology and with digital is, you know, I think a lot of real estate agents have become so reliant and they're slowly removing the human element behind it. When in fact, it's that human element because honestly, to me, the reason, especially with the real estate industry, you have to have it is because you're, you're selling hopes and dreams. And in essence, most times, you know, people have sentiment behind why they're buying the property. Like if this is your first, first house and you've been saving, I don't know, fuck, 10 years or something, and like you're pouring your life savings into this. So, you know, you've got this, this emotion and, and real estate agents should probably be more, be more compassionate about, well, this person's telling me a story behind how they saved all this money in 10 years. And you got to remember is, is this that if you're a good listener in that regard is that could also be a repetitive client later on down the road because they're probably going to sell that property at some point. It might not be, you know, five years or 10 years, but it might be 20 years down the road. And guess who's going to be top of mind? Why? Because again, people remember actions. It's what you do. So they'll remember that, Hey, he was a listener. You know, he, like you being a real estate agent, right? That, you know, you listen and you acknowledge and you took initiative, um, some kind of action and that can go a long way. I feel like, you know, with the real estate spaces, there's just too much digital, not enough human. 
Yeah, big time. And, and especially as technology comes in to try and disrupt the industry, right? You've got Amazon coming into play. You've got iBuyers coming in, buying up properties in one day with full cash offers. You've got, you've got technology that will outpace your own. As much as you think as an agent that you can leverage technology, there's bigger companies with budgets you couldn't even fathom that are outworking you and outperforming you every single second of the day. So the only way that you are going to make yourself more valuable is, again, by being that valuable resource that people trust. And that only comes by the human interaction. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool, man. Well, you know, I always enjoy these conversations because they can be, quite frankly, endless because there's always just, you know, something new that you can learn from, from someone, you know, I appreciate you, you know, talking about what you're doing. Uh, you got a lot of exciting things that are happening for you. You know, that's a great thing. Uh, very happy for you. And, uh, sounds like 2020 is going to be your best year yet, um, in terms of what you're doing. So congratulations and all that. Um, before we wrap things up, you know, uh, I, I want, I want to let people know on the podcast, you know, how can they find you? How can they connect with you, especially the real estate agents out in the social space? Yeah, definitely. I'm pretty easy to find. So if, you know, the two primary platforms that I like to use are Instagram, which is at Mike underscore Sherrard. Um, otherwise on YouTube, I've got a very active presence on there as well. Just look up my name, Mike Sherrard and, and you'll find me on there. I answer a hundred percent of my DMS. I respond to a hundred percent of my comments. So if you reach out to me, you have any questions, want some help more than happy to do that. And, uh, you will get a response. Awesome, Mike. Well, thank you so much for jumping on the podcast. I really, really appreciate it. And uh, congratulations and everything. I uh, can't wait to hear at the end of 2020, you know, how everything ended up for you. You bet, man. Thanks so much for the opportunity. Thanks, guys, for listening. And uh, hopefully we'll be in touch. <laughs>